Hi, I'm Jen. I'm an actor and tarot reader, and writing has gotten me everything good in my life. Hi, welcome to the Writer's Rotation Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Stamps. I love words and writing and people and talking. So I'm talking to people who write all kinds of things in different professions. It's a writer's rotation. Jen, 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 Jen. Hey! I want to know everything. Are you a native Los Angelian? Angelino. I am not. Angelino? (laughs) I am from Maryland, outside the D.C. area. My mom was a a lawyer and she became a judge for the Social Security Administration. And my dad was um, a bartender. Um, They met when they were working at a restaurant when my mom was in law school. And uh, yeah, then I went to Oberlin College in Ohio. I thought that I wanted to do either piano or creative writing. So that's kind of where I started, which is cool that you're, you know, we're going to be talking about writing because it's been a huge part of my ability to express myself creatively in a fulfilling way. I'm like a very avid journaler. I always have been. And any of the opportunities that I've gotten, this has been really cool to reflect on since you invited me to talk with you. I've been thinking about it and it's like every opportunity that has ever come my way, like I've made it happen by being able to communicate effectively in writing, you know, asking for favors for people to hook me up with a particular agent or, you know, like job interviews or whatever. Like it's all, it's really a lot of it has come from writing. And I remember somebody telling me that when I moved out to Los Angeles, I've been in LA for 10 years after I got my MFA in acting, I moved out here. And um, somebody was like, probably the best skill you can have is the ability to write a really clear, succinct email that people are going to actually open and read because you have to find a way to sort of like, stand out, you know, and yeah, to do that in writing without seeming sleazy, you know? Well, okay. So how do you compose your subject lines? I've always done it after the fact. Yes, definitely. Before I hit send. Yeah. I don't know if I have, how, how do I do it? I guess it depends what it's for, but yeah, write the content first and then come up with a catchy little line. And it always amazed me that from the beginning, the default first thing is to fill out who it's going to. And I'm like, that actually should be the last thing because sometimes I really just want to vent. Totally. And I'm not going to send it anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, if you have a bunch of J's and that, you know, which one are you going to hit and, you know, and all that. So, or just hitting the send button too soon. Yeah. And it won't go anywhere if that two line is blank. So many engineering problems from the beginning. But anyway... The who, what, when, where, why, and how, I think serves all of us almost all of the time. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it breaking it down that way, but that's smart. Who, what, when, where, how, why. Mm -hmm. But being clear with, yeah, the information. It's Yeah. Communication is the sender, the receiver, the message. Mm. That's as simple as it gets. I love that. And why isn't it? easy. Sometimes it's so difficult. Yeah. So difficult. Yeah. Totally. But it doesn't have to be all the time. Yeah. yeah. Something that's been really fun that I've been exploring lately is, um, and I can do this because I'm in an industry that's a little bit more casual, but like uh, in terms of the way that people speak, um, but I've been playing more and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I've been playing more with sp- writing the way that I speak. Mm-hmm. 
and actually sometimes talking out loud as I'm writing. Ooh, love it. Yeah, I think I've always thought of written text as different from speaking. And now I'm kind of like, what if there's actually less of a difference for me? Like it feels more authentic for me to write the way that I speak, I think, to some extent, because obviously there's all this, all these interjections and long run on sentences is the way that I speak. So I think it is helpful to have punctuation and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's something I'm playing with more. I'm a big fan of punctuation with intent, with meaning. I'm trying to, it's hard to come up with an example, but the, um, the comma with direct address, I will, I will hold that one on to my dying day. What was it I saw one time in a text thread? Are we still on Jennifer? <laughs> oh my God. Why are you on her? No. Are we still on comma Jennifer? <laughs> are we still on? <laughs> yes. We need the comma with direct address. Yeah. That's why those rules were invented. <laughs> I, gosh, I'm a big grammar. I wouldn't say nut, but yes, um, punctuation is really important. Mm-hmm. Although uh, I want to say it was 2013. I guess it's been about 10 years, 13, 14, when um, suddenly overnight, there was no period on uh, the text. You just do not put a closing punctuation mark because I've been texting since what, 96, 97. And all of a sudden it took, uh, I don't know how many years that is from yeah, 10, 15 years that somebody said, nope, no closing punctuation. You mean on a text? <laughs> and on a text. Yes. And, and I was fine because I usually just hit the M but in any way, instead of the period or the comma. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that in that medium, when someone puts a period, it seems very aggressive. Ooh. Especially if you say no, period. period. <laughs> it's like kind of my, my partner texts like that. He uses, he uses periods sometimes in texts and I always find it a little feel, it feels a little aggressive. Whereas without the period at the end, it feels a little bit open just sort of like totally Mm. No period versus totally period, you know? I do love the ellipses, though. I love ellipses. I type in ellipses, and there's no M dash that you can just actually type the button M dash, but I go two, two. I just type two dashes, you know, all the time. Yeah, I love that. In the casual. Yeah, dashes are good. Dashes, open punctuation or no punctuation. Big fan. I've also been playing with um, how do you feel about all lowercase? Ooh, well, I do love it in the haikus. (laughs) I think my text right now is set to be all lowercase. It is. You can have that as a setting on your phone. I know uh, TikTok comments or description, the default is lowercase. I think it's TikTok. I don't think it's my phone because, yeah, when I text, if I type the letter I, it's just, you want it capitalized? And I'm like, it's interesting how phones have changed the way that we communicate and the way that everything's written. You know, as somebody who's non-binary and uh, using they, them pronouns, I feel like the thing I hear most from people who are pushing back is like, people aren't going to be non-binary phobic to my face. So the thing that I usually hear from people is, well, I'm an English teacher or I care about language. And so the they, them is hard. And I think that it's important to remember that like, I mean, my response to that is language is always changing. Mm-hmm. Always. Know? And the idea that it's static is 
it doesn't really make sense. It's just not how it is. Right. Methink we doth not speaketh the way we used toeth, you know. <laughs> yeah. And we do use they, like there is a singular they that we use where we'll be like, oh, um, do you want to talk to them? Yes. If you're if you're on the phone, you're saying, oh, do you want to talk to them? We use that, you know. AP Stylebook put it in that, yes, they is perfectly acceptable for third person singular. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I love that. The first time I heard someone talk about, she was talking about one person and kept saying they and them. And I was like, and we were on the phone and I didn't have a visual. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Was there more than one person? So there was just the confusion with the singular versus the plural. Totally. In the very beginning. And that was, I don't even know how many years ago that was. Yeah. It takes an adjustment period. I totally get it. And I, I just came back from Star Trek Las Vegas because um, I'm in the Treks. I'm, I'm in Star Trek Picard. So um, it was my first convention. And um, I misgendered someone on stage. And I was able to, like, take responsibility for it and correct it and move on, you know, um, which I think, I guess this is separate from the topic of writing. But just. No, I love it. It's words. And, and the ability to learn out loud to learn in public. Yes, we need a lot more space for that. Yes, absolutely. Totally. Because it takes what? Four seconds, 15 seconds. Yeah. I hope it was cool to see somebody who uses they, them pronouns make a mistake because I think that I had this idea that, well, if I'm going to, you know, allow myself to use they, them pronouns, I have to be perfect at it and I can never make a mistake and people are going to expect me to never make mistakes. And it's like, just make the mistake and move on mm-hmm. being a human being. And that's part of also the space where I'm in now where I'm talking more off the cuff and I'm not censoring myself as much. So it happens more, I think, because I used to really be very measured in the way that I spoke and took way too much time formulating what I was going to say. And I'm just in this space now where I'm just much more unrehearsed. So more shit can fly out of my mouth. That's not right. Love it. I mean, who would you rather be around, the free spirit or the stilted uh, robotic? Uh, uh, yeah, we have we have enough robots. Yeah, I think so. Let's be real. It's a fine line, though, because you want to have discretion. I don't want to be an asshole. But yeah, in, in the time that I've been doing interviews, I think talking off the cuff seems to be more of my mode. One thing I've noticed forever is people who will just sit and take it when someone mispronounces their name, mm. what's up with that? Yeah. I mean, that's a tiny, tiny little thing, but don't let me just keep saying, you know, Jan, when your name is Jen and just assume that I will correct myself. I will learn. No, it's a two-way street. Totally. Just say it. Yeah. I'm so on board with that. So in Masters of Fine Arts, <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was cool. It was fun. It was the hardest I've ever worked, probably. The hours were crazy, which was a great preparation for the real world of like being an actor and having jobs and working at the same time or trying auditioning, you know. It was good to have that preparation. Oh, I think the audition process must just be brutal. Yeah, it's pretty hard. I'm I'm kind of getting to a point now where I I've gone on maybe five auditions this year and last year I went on about a hundred. So because of the strike, 
it really has been incredibly, incredibly slow. Mm. Fortunately, one of the things I auditioned for, I booked, which was um, the role of Ariel in The Tempest. So I got to do theater this year, which was really fun. Yeah, it's the auditioning process is so maddening. There's so much energy involved. Yeah, exactly. In what you're doing in your audition, what you bring in, what you feel in the room. Are you going to take it? Are you going to give it back? Are you going to transmute it? I mean, <laughs> Now we do self-tapes mostly. Since pandemic, it's been all self-tape. And then for a callback, sometimes it'll be a Zoom. Now, do you write, would you write like your own soliloquy and things like that? Um, You know, I started, the reason I got into acting was because I was into playwriting and I wanted to see what it was like to be approaching it from the acting perspective. Oh, interesting. And then I realized I was a way better actor than I was a writer. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, let's just do this. Um, so yeah, I do have experience with writing. I, I feel like I'm a much stronger actor though. So I think the perfectionist in me is like, Ugh, I don't need to do that. But I feel very confident in my ability to use writing and verbal communication to communicate clearly and in an engaging manner. Yeah, it's like a big thing for me. I was an editor-in-chief of my high school newspaper too. Like, there you go. Creative writing. I, I think I've kind of hit a wall with it. And this this is maybe a good inspiration to get back into it because there are just so many great writers out there and people who are really dedicated to the craft, like working on it on a daily basis. And I'm just not really... Part of being good at something is wanting to work really hard at it. And I just don't really want to work really hard at creative writing. Like I, I'm not interested. Whereas acting, like getting better and better at acting, I'm all about that. But getting better and better as a playwright or a poet or something. I'm just, I, I don't have that drive for that in me for to, to really become uh, a pro. And you're good with taking the words that someone else has written and just embodying them. And I love that. It, I feel like I'm more of an interpreter than a creator. Ooh. Oh, that's good. I think that's what classical pianists are. Yeah. I don't know about other uh, instruments, but yeah, I'm this, the conduit for Beethoven, you know. Exactly. Yes. That's so interesting. I never thought about that parallel. Um, that was my primary thing until I got a hand condition in high school. I had to quit. But that's how I found acting. That didn't work out with piano. Interpretation. Interpretation is where it's at. Yeah. Yes. But all of the art forms, they all have elements that are just applicable to almost anything. Anything. Standing in line at the grocery store. Yeah. There's a little tension. <gasps> Oh, we have a break. Oh, <laughs> the denouement, you know. Yeah. 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 What's your story with writing? I'd love to learn more about your perspective. Dr. Seuss <laughs> at the very beginning. Yes, I was always read to. I have a story that there's no date on it, but I'm pretty sure it's first grade. And I think it's probably still, it's my finest work. <laughs> there was, yeah, it's a story. It has dialogue. It has <laughs> conflict, a resolution. It, yeah, a little, so there was some rhyming in there. It's, yes, it was absolutely adorable. But yeah, writing from, I think from the beginning with the piano lessons. So oh, that's interesting. And I, I don't know why I never wrote. And then I got into advertising, all this stuff. So I just assumed I would write jingles that would kind of put it all together, but I have no desire to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so curious to know more about this podcast and like um 
Yeah. What, what your idea was behind having people come in and talk about writing in their careers? It's just so vast. And I'm truly fascinated with the writer's rotation that I want to do like the med students do, peds and surgery. And I, I don't know, they, they go through all the rotations of the different types in their craft and, or their industry. And writing, how to write a poem, how to write a white paper, how to write a short story. How to, this idea is what I want to do with classes or workshops, things like that. Each one on its own has numerous online or offline that you can go and study an intensive in writing this, that, or the other. But what about writing this, that, and the other? That's cool. The little, little bites of it. The trick with writing for the voice, for example, my favorite little tip, two and a half words per second. That is your guideline. Wait, what? How long do I write this script if I want to write 30 seconds? So 75 words, oh. 60 seconds, 150 words, give or take. Oh, that's interesting. So you do voiceover too. Yes. I used to do a lot of it. Oh, I see your live read, your daily readings on Instagram. I see that. That's cool. I'm, I'm looking for ways to expand my tarot business and I'm not sure. Dude, are you on TikTok? For some reason, my message is not translating in that medium as much as it is on Instagram. And I don't really know why. Just get after it on Instagram. Yeah. The whole creative expression, you know, is going to be, it's just important for everyone or most everyone. I can't imagine not expressing somehow, somewhere, some way. I feel like not being able to write well is more than ever such a huge disadvantage now. It is. Because everything's so electronic. You know what I just realized when I'm talking about things of think writing being electronic or how important that is. But now I wonder with AI, maybe it's, I don't know. Is it easy to fake being able to write well with AI? Just have AI write shit for you? Well, I do know there's one word that if that one word is used in anything, I instantly know that it was written by AI. What word is that? In conclusion. <laughs> really? Okay, that's two words. Yeah. And it does it every single time. Really? In conclusion. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. My favorite analogy, uh, metaphor of uh, AI was, can't remember who said this. It's an intern. Mm. Think of AI as, as your intern. Okay. That is cool. Interns get great ideas every once in a while, but I wouldn't put them in charge of the surgery. Although maybe in five or 10 years. Oh, who knows? And it is another lesson in all or nothing does not serve. Mm. That concept just does not serve us well. Yeah. So can you just eschew AI completely? No. Or embrace it totally and use nothing but AI? No. Yeah. Moderation, balance. Somewhere. Yeah. It's a balance somewhere. Yeah, totally. But you got to embrace it and work with it. Yes. Because- it's not slowing down. It's part of life now. And we are we are living in history. I think it is so cool. Yeah, it's true. It's like, I want a word for creepy and fascinating at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> creepy, cool. Cruel. No, that's, that's already a word. Cruel. Cruel summer. Did you get to see Taylor Swift? No. Have you seen Barbie? No, I haven't seen Barbie either. We got to get on it. Dude. Dude. I loved Barbie. Really? That's what I heard. Yeah, I heard it's great. I love dude. Dude is gender neutral to me. I call everyone dude. Right? 
I also feel the same way about guys. Mm. Hey, guys. I don't really do that. We do, well, I do say y'all a lot. Y'all is the way to go. Because I know some people, some people like folks, but people don't like guys in terms of gender neutral. And to me, I've always used guys as gender neutral, but not everybody does. I have no idea why they didn't make she the inclusive, because it contains the word he, S-H-E. Okay. That is an inclusive third person singular pronoun. H-E, he excludes she. So you're saying that she should be the universal. Yeah. Why didn't they do that from from the get-go? I have no idea when those words were invented. That's interesting. I never thought about that. I even remember being, oh, I think it was like seven or eight years old. And I had a, our teacher was with child. And she said something about he this and he that. And I was like, I was fascinated one day. And I said, you know, it's a baby boy. And she said, oh, no, no, no. But we always say he when we don't. However she phrased it, but that was just, you know, at the time we were mankind and man does this and man does that and humanity and everything. And you would just always say, he, blah, blah, blah. And I remember being eight years old going, that's stupid. (laughs) And that's a no from me. It's going to be a no from me, though. No. (laughs) I would have said they. I mean, obviously, I love that. When did you choose that? Pandemic, a couple months in. Ooh, okay. I feel like I've grown so much through the pandemic and now through this strike in terms of just giving me the space to separate from society a little bit and figure out who I am, not having to put on the same social mask every day, leaving my house. There's something about that that alchemized some, catalyzed some serious transformation for me. That's cool. So yeah, I I came to terms with that in pandemic. I changed my name too. I don't know if you remember when I first was in Cave Day, I was Lisa. No, I joined in January of 21. Oh, okay. Yeah, before Cave Day, I was Lisa before uh, I came out. Jin He is my middle name, and I just chopped off the he because I sounds weird to say, but in Korean, the he ending feminizes it. So I just took the Jin, the unisex root of the name, and used that. I like it. I love the spelling. I just think it's it's so cool. Yeah. I really love my name. And it's so funny. My mom now is like, I can't even believe you were ever Lisa. Like you're such a gen. You seem like a gen to me. You're totally a gen. Right? Yes. And it's cool because I was like, I mean, I can pick whatever name I wanted, but I really do like the fact that my mom gave me that name and I just adopted it. You know, that's cool. That's my middle name. How did you find Cave Day? Somebody from an accountability group I was in was talking about how it was helping them um, get stuff done. So I yeah tried it out and then decided to work there. It's awesome, isn't it? How did you find it? I think through Creative Mornings. Okay, everybody, what is this Creative Mornings thing? I have to check this Dude, out. Creative Mornings is so cool. Really? It's in, I don't know how many different countries all around the world. And subsidized, is that a word? Subsidized by sponsors. And then you get your local sponsors. So your local chapter would meet once a month on a whatever morning, because it was called Creative Mornings. And you would have your coffee and donuts and a guest speaker. Then the pan pan came. So they started putting everybody's online. And so I went to Auckland and Denver and all of it just at the push of a button to watch everybody's monthly creative presentation on everybody got the same word each month. Then they started field trips. I probably go to two or three or four a week. What is a field trip? So a field trip could be 
on something, how to write, how to paint, how to photograph, or it could be what you need to know about tarot or the Enneagram or astrology. Really? Okay. I have to check that out. Creativemornings.com. Sign up. Post haste. It sounds fun. This is the nice thing about pandemic. It's like I, this just became commonplace now, Zoom and everything. And I feel like I know you and we've never met in person. I I was born to Zoom. (laughs) I love, I love this magic screen, (laughs) the magic screen. And then you're like sitting in your house. It's amazing. I know. In yoga pants. I know. So good. (laughs) What is your tarot website? It's tarotwithjin.com. J-I-N. J-I-N. I think that's why I like tarot is it, it's just sort of a branching off point. Like I want to talk to people about life stuff. It's not like I'm like obsessed with tarot. Tarot's great, but it's like, it's really more like a, it prompts deeper reflection. The deeper reflection is what I'm into. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Very cool. I could sit and talk to you for a long time. This was so great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, Kathy. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Writer's Rotation. Like and subscribe for more. And remember, writing is a marketable skill. Smiling is a remarkable skill.